No, no, no. She's not a medical doctor, but she can sure cure your tax problems or your financial woes. She's the how-to girl. It's the Dr. Friday Show. If you have a question for Dr. Friday, call her now, 737-WWTN. That's 737-9986. So here's your host, financial counselor and tax consultant, Dr. Friday. G'day, I'm Dr. Friday, and the doctor is in the house. It is a stormy, kind of not a very happy outdoor Saturday, but we are still working taxes, guys. Now, for all of you procrastinators, you do have another almost 30 days. It will go till May 17th is the new April 15th deadline, I guess if that makes sense. We usually file on April 15th. They've extended it out to May 17th. So you do have a little bit of time where you can go and get. make sure you've got all of your records. Make sure you understand all the forms coming in. For small business owners, make sure that you're getting those tax grants in your tax tax numbers because we don't want to have to come back later and have to amend those tax returns or you know deal with those. Uh, if you want to join the show, you can 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986. As an enrolled agent, I'm licensed by the Internal Revenue Service to ta- taxes and representation. So that means, guys, this show is about taxes or tax issues. So if you um, are working on your own tax return or maybe you're trying to figure out what's going on with your refund, I know this morning I've had a couple individuals texting and emailing me saying they haven't received their refunds yet um, and what can be done about it. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Or if you're just trying to complete your tax return and you're a little confused about some of the the new things going on, we do want to reiterate out there for all of you that might have filed your taxes. I know I have about 40 returns, but filed your taxes before the March 12th signing of the American Rescue Bill. Um, Do not amend your taxes if you have a change due to the $10,200 waiver. Now, I want to reiterate that. There is a $10,200 waiver for people on unemployment, but only for those individuals that earned $75,000 or less as an individual or a married couple making $150,000 or less. So if you did get unemployment and you made more money throughout the year on those, you are not going to be able to take the waiver um, for the $10,200. It's supposed to only be helping those particular individuals. So, um, but if you have questions about that or something else going on, this is the show. Be interesting. It also helps all of the listeners. So let's go ahead and get to the phone lines. Let's go hit Larry. Hey, Larry, what's happening? Uh, I had a quick question about IRA. Actually cash one out last year. Uh, about 160,000 took out 41.8 on taxes for that. Made a mistake by doing that. Was going to have penalties. So I opened another one only for 100. You know, I mean, excuse me, it was for 210,000. Opened another one for 160. Trying to offset some of the penalties and interest that, that I penalties that, that I took. But I don't see how to claim that on my taxes. How how does that work? Okay, so you're going to go and when you put it on, there's going to be an 8606. And on that, there is a new one for just this year where a lot of people took money out for the um, uh, COVID situation. Mm -hmm. It's called the COVID waiver. And so you have an option to show how much you took out, how much you reinvested back in. 
And then also you can spread whatever you took out over three years instead of one year. And there is no penalty up to a hundred thousand dollars. Now you exceeded the hundred. So there would be some, unless you reinvested some of that back in, paid it back. Um, you would have some penalty because you exceeded that, but you might want to see what you have there. Do you see that in your taxes, Larry? No. What's the form again? You said eighty six oh six. Eighty six oh six. Okay, so that's the form I need to look eighty six oh six to take care of it. Yes, that's where you're going to see where you can enter some of the information about the COVID stipulations, and that's what you're going to want to look under. Because the hundred, the two hundred ten I took out, and the forty uh, one thousand eight hundred that they took out for taxes. That you sound like you're under the age of fifty nine and a half, though, aren't you? Excuse me. Uh, how old are you? Or just give me, are you over or under 59 and a half? Over. You're over 59 and a half? Okay. Yeah. So now you just kicked yourself into a higher tax bracket. Did you, now you said something about putting some of that money back in. Did you actually reinvest some of that money back into a retirement account? Right. 160 into an IRA. Okay. A regular IRA, not a Roth, correct? No, correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, use the 8606 and you should be able to, um, so you took out 210 or whatever, and you put back 160. I don't know the exact numbers, but look at the 8606. You should find what you need there to be able to um, eliminate some of the tax uh, issue that you're looking at for the whole dollar amount. That's what I'm looking for. Thank you. No worries. Thanks, mate. All uh, right. Thanks. Now let's see. Susan in Tennessee. Hi. I have hey, a girl. question. My mm-hmm. son is no longer considered a dependent, so I'm helping him with an amended return. We were messing up, and I realized it's line item number 30, the recovery rebate credit. Mm-hmm. Um, is that a number where I would put 2000 because I've realized that he did not, he's not gotten any stimulus, but he, I'm thinking he should be eligible for all of 2020, so that would be the 600 and the 1400 So would I enter no. 1400 was actually for 2021, the one that just came out in the last two weeks. So it would be 1200 was the very first stimulus, okay. and 600 would be the second stimulus, and that's all you can recoup on the actual 2020 tax return, 1800 okay. total. 1800 Okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate your No problem. Help. Thanks. Bye. And that is a great question she brought up. Again, if you're filing your kids' tax returns and you did not receive or they didn't receive the stimulus because the way the stimulus was wrote, um, they did not qualify for the 1200 or the 600 But be careful because on the last one, and that's not able to be claimed on the tax return, but check your bank account because if you did claim that child in the year of 2019, you may have already received the $1,400 for that child because the tax law changed or the the rules changed because they then issued $1,400 for every dependent on a tax return, no matter of age or situation. So if you filed in 19 and you claimed your 19 or 20-year-old child, and even though in 2020 they became single or non-dependent, you may still have received the $1,400 for that child. So just uh, keep an eye on that information and see what you have there. But and the same thing for some people, you know, they they did receive the first twelve hundred because it was based on eighteen, and that child may have been um, at the age of sixteen at that time, seventeen and nineteen, and you know, nineteen and then twenty and twenty. So just um, anyways, just make sure that the money dollar amounts are right. And I will tell you guys, it is slowing down the system. The IRS is. Uh, 
I, I, I mean, I, th- I know a lot of people aren't going to probably like this because most people don't like the IRS, but just think about what they're having to do. They've had to issue three stimulus. They've had now their second tax season they're in the middle of, which is what their job is, is to collect money. And they're basically a huge collection company. That's the job of the IRS. Um, and so they're now collecting, now issuing the third stimulus, making tax changes, going backwards because of the whole um, unemployment. And, and now you've got to make... A, it can't just be unemployment and all first 10,200. No, no, no. We're going to base it on a percentage of income. So now they have to make sure their system is looking at the income, married filing separately, all these little things that people try to kind of outsmart the system. And then they have to match up all of the stimulus to see who received what, because we have divorces, we have his and hers, we have every other year that we claim the children and these tax stimulus checks were issued sometimes based on a prior year situation. Um, so we have people getting money on all kinds of different, uh, scenarios. So just saying, you, you know, they're backed up, not too much of a shocking situation. Uh, but it comes down to, you're going to have to have a little bit more patience. I believe this year, especially if you're trying to recap the stimulus. Now I will say I've had Many of my clients, no issues at all. But I mean, like I said this morning, I had several people, uh, I had two uh, of my direct clients that are saying they haven't yet received it. We know one of them received, the IRS has confirmation of receiving it on February 19th, still no refund. Um, And I know that a lot of people are looking to receive that money sooner versus later. But um, in all honesty, if you are looking or waiting for your refund, keep in mind the IRS physically or legally has six months or more to actually give you your refund. We always say 21 days or less, but that's making the assumption that everything you have filed matches everything they have. And it goes nice and smoothly. Um, it doesn't always do that. Sometimes employers don't get W2s filed on time. Sometimes people's information doesn't match what the, the employers filed. And then that usually holds up for a paper audit or at least a quick review to get that straightened out before they can refund. And they've been trying over the last five or six years, trying to do a better job of matching. So there's less fraud in the tax code. Um, again, not always an easy thing when you consider all the different moving parts required to accomplish that. I have three cases I can think of right now where the individuals that actually have custody and have the children living more than six months in their home are being rejected because other people have claimed those same children on their tax returns, even though legally they're not allowed to and or should be able to, to do that. So you're going to have to have a little patience, I think, this year, guys, um, with the IRS more maybe than some of you guys are going to say, we've already had patience, we've already had issues, but uh, we're, we're working as trying to get them to do it. Again, I don't work for the IRS, but I have to at least say they have a lot of things going on right now, and it's going to make it a little harder for all of us because we don't have the ability to call them any longer and just ask questions. So we're going to have to use more tools that we have to try to get more information and try to figure out what the situations are because calling the IRS, I will tell you, is a bit frustrating. Um, their, their, their phone lines are just not working very well. All right. So if you want to join the show, you can at 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986, taking your calls, talking about taxes, my absolute favorite thing to talk about in the world. And, you know, I mean, you have to admit there's nothing boring about taxes every day, every, every minute. It seems like lately we have had some serious changes 
in the tax code um, that is affecting or making all of us need to make alterations. So, you know, making sure that you file it, making sure you have all of your tax documents. Remember, if you're an investor in uh, LLCs or small businesses, you need to have those K-1s. Or if you've got a trust, then you need to have those K-1s before you can file your own tax return. Um, and some of them had to file extensions because all LLC or 1065s, 1120s, 1120s, uh, 1041s, all of them most likely, if you haven't received it, that means they filed an extension and in theory have until September 15th to complete that return. And so you may need to look at filing an extension yourself and filing an extension does not extend the amount due. So keep that in mind when you're thinking about filing those extensions. All right, we're going to take our first break here. If you want to join the show, it's really easy. And I know it takes a little bravery, but you can do it. 615-737-9986-615-737-9986. And we'll be right back with the Dr. Friday show. We are back live here in studio. Nice little rumbling going on outside. But if you want to join, maybe you're doing what I'm doing, which is taxes. And you're thinking, okay, how do I get these done? What do I need to do? Then this is the show you need to listen to. And you can reach me at 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986. So making sure we have a couple different things. If you haven't received your stimulus for the first or second, so individuals over the age of 17 theoretically or, or individuals not being claimed on a tax return would have received $1,200 children that were 16 or under would have received $500. And then you would have had the second one, which was $600 for basically adults and children under the age of 16. Now, if you have a 17, 18, 19, 20 or 21 or et cetera in your house, that is still a legitimate dependent. Those individuals would not have received either of those particular funds. Now, the last one that just came out and you may not have gotten it yet because they signed the bill on March 12th, which was about 15 days ago. So about two weeks, um, that bill, um, and, and the, that is for $1,400 for everybody on the return. I don't care about the age. doesn't make a difference. That one is going to go to everyone. Now I have found is that some of these individuals, unfortunately may have filed their own tax returns and then they ended up getting the parents may have gotten it because it was based on 19, not 20. Um, you know, so we have all kinds of little deadlines and filing there for, for things, but you want to make sure that you are doing what you need to do and win. So you need to follow that up. And if you're not sure, I do believe you can go to the irs.gov, click on your payment, I believe it says, and you can um, find out where the status of your payment is. Now, I know people are going to be listening and they're going to say, I've tried that. Well, you know, all I can tell you is that's what they're giving us for information. So we'll take a look and see what we have there and how it's going to work out. But that is a place to start. All right, let's hit Amy in Nashville. Hey, Amy, thanks for calling. What can I do for you, sweetie? I know the federal deadline for filing has been extended to May 17th, but what about the state deadline for filing? 
Tennessee State has also changed. So the Hall income tax, um, which is the final year for the Hall's income tax, is this year. We're down to 1%, assuming that they follow through and turn it off. Um, it has actually been extended at the same time. It follows the Fed. Thank you. Thank you very much, Amy. Appreciate that. And that was, again, great question, guys, because I forget, I mean, a number of my clients do end up having to file for the Hall's income tax, but a lot of people um, and everyday individuals may not even know who actually is and what should be filing. But good news is, guys, for all of us that have been filing it, um, it's our last year at 1%, not too bad. And then hopefully that will actually be turned off. And um, it's a little worrisome because, you know, as we know, every year they had to vote for that. And with the budgeting issues and the increase in property tax and everything else, there is a concern that they don't actually turn it off um, and they end up, uh, you know, keeping it around at 1% and then who knows, they can always change it, right? So that is a little concerning. But right now, that is the plan and they have lived up to that plan right now all the way through this uh, this time. And we started out at 6%. So it's been going down every year. All right. So we want to make sure if you have a child or, or I should say a grandparent or maybe you know someone that never files because maybe they're on disability and they have not been able to receive any of the stimulus for some reason, keep in mind that the IRS is telling us at this time, forget the first two stimulus, you have to file a tax return. Even if you normally do not file tax returns, it is a requirement for you to file a tax return. And as one of our earlier callers called in and was talking about line 30, I think it was Susan, um, that is the line you need to fill out for those individuals. So, you know, you may have a zero return, but you'll have to go to line 30, put in $1,800, and then that will roll over to your refund and then obviously file. The IRS has already put a thing on their website saying if you are paper filing they are already way behind okay when they're telling us they're way behind that's a bit nerving because let's be honest we already know that they're running behind and now they're saying they're even further behind than what we might think so you know just if you're looking for your stimulus money write down this address it's about as easy as it gets irs.gov irs.gov. You can get the status of your stimulus by clicking get my payment and you can find out the status of your refund by clicking get your uh, refund status. You can also uh, view your tax transcripts and everything else. And this will save you in some cases, it will save some of you guys a lot of work because if you've been trying to deal with the IRS, try to find out, set up a payment plan, do, I mean, I know I've got several people that have called me and said we were in a payment plan. Then last May, or March or April, the IRS basically came down and said, oh, we're going to stop all payment plans with the idea that they were going to turn around and turn them back on. But for some reason, it did not get turned back on. And so people have been going without payment plans and now they're getting the love letters, right? Intent to levy. If you don't call us, if you don't pay us in full, we're going to start doing more aggressive collections. Um, and so, you know, if you're getting one of those and you can afford a payment plan, even if it's just a small one, I would suggest go on to the IRS website and, you know, click on, uh, you know, pay. And then you have under, under pay, you have the option to set up a payment plan. And that would be a really smart idea. Um, and also I'm going to tell people mailing checks, 
I know a lot of you guys still prefer to mail a check-in, but we ran into a lot of issue in 2019 filings, when, in 2020 when COVID hit and everything, um, with people's checks sitting in the mailroom forever and then trying to prove they were filed, be, uh, they were mailed because people ended up not certifying them so they didn't have the tracking I suggest if you are at all comfortable and most of us have automatic drafts coming from our bank accounts anyways. And let's be honest, if you're sitting there thinking the IRS does not know your bank account number, then you're kind of living in your own world because it's already out there. They, you, they, you put your social security down when you file or open up a bank account, the IRS has access to everything under your social security number. They know about it. So instead of just, you know, waiting or hoping, I suggest making the payment directly at irs.gov. Um, and, and that way you have the instant proof. It comes right out of your bank. You prove it, you have it. Um, make sure you get it to the right year. I've had a couple of people make some back payments and they made them to the wrong years. And that, um, doesn't always work perfectly because the IRS is looking for you to pay off one year and the money's sitting in a different year. Not always a good thing, but we can even get that corrected if necessary. But meanwhile, if you've got questions, maybe you're sitting there thinking, okay, do I need to have my college son, daughter filing on their own? Not always guys. I know this 3,200 total for individuals is out there. But keep in mind that if you have a college student, you could get $2,500 a year for that child. And this is spread over two years, right? So you have 1,200 and, and 600 for one year. And then this year, supposedly 1,400. So, you know, 32. But if you have a college child and they're in college, that's 500 for the dependency plus $2,500 for the educational credits. That's $3,000 a year. So just because every other kid is getting his 1200 or 600 it doesn't mean it's going to be the right thing for you so don't just assume that your dependent isn't your dependent because there's money to be had out there um you know uh make sure that you're taking advantage or full credits for those children and getting the most for what is truly happening not just trying to collect the money i keep saying money ain't raining down from heavens because uh, not too sure how that's all going to come out in the wash in another few years. Uh, I, I really would love to have a video or some pictures of all the people wanting this money and then turning around when the tax rates go up and helping you remember that these monies were handed out and, and you aren't um, complaining when the tax rates go up. Uh, but either way that works, you'll find out because that's going to happen sooner versus later. If you want to join the show, you can at 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986. Talking about taxes, I'm an enrolled agent licensed by the Internal Revenue Service to do taxes and representation, which basically means that I'm kind of a shield between you and the IRS. If you're having IRS issues and you just don't know how to get going, how to start, what to do with it, that's what we do. It's what we're trained to do. And we can help you get yourself back on track and make sure you're doing what you need to do and how you need to do it. All right. Look at that, buddy. I just got those phone lines all lit up for you. So I'm sure you're excited there. Yep. Let's hit number five real quick so you can get to those phone lines. David, what you got going for me? Yes, ma'am. I'm on serious uh, social security disability and still have not received the $1,400 stimulus. Well, the $1,400 could take a bit of time. Again, it's only been two weeks since the bill was signed. It was signed in 312. Today's the 27th, so about 15 days. Um, there's still millions that haven't received it yet. Um, I know 
there's millions that have, uh, but uh, it's still be, I mean, they're not done handing it out yet. So it's still coming out. Um, so I would say, give it time. Have you checked uh, on the IRS webpage where it says, get my payment? Yeah, it always gives me the, what the status yeah, unavailable. Okay. Yeah. And I will tell you, David, that seems to be a pretty traditional thing that it comes okay. up with. And I know that's more frustrating than probably even giving people that address to go look at. Uh, but that's about the only suggestion I can have. I will tell you that even the 600, now you may have gotten it early, but the $600 did have a four week. And then of course they added it to the tax return. So hopefully, um, people will get it way before we have to worry about another tax return, but that's yeah, the, the first concept. two rounds. I got it like the next day. Oh, really? Yeah. Most most of my listeners haven't had quite that fast, but I would say give it a little bit more time. Since you received the other two, there is absolutely no reason you won't receive this one. Nothing's changed in your life, right? Bank's the same, house the same. Correct. Yeah. So there's no reason to think you won't get it. All right. I sure appreciate it. All right, your buddy. Help. Thank you. All right. Let's hit uh, Mike. Hey, Mike. What's happening? Hey, how's it going? Uh, surviving. Had a, just had a questions on the sure. new proposed inheritance tax and the state tax changes. Yeah, possibly. I'm not liking them, but yes. Do you want me to tell you what I know or what? do you have a question directly about them? Uh, no, uh, what you know. Okay, so my understanding is what they're going to be doing is eliminating the step up in basis is the biggest or most concerning part of most of it. I mean, we know in, in the last, what, 15, 20 years, we went from a million dollars to like $5 million to $11 million. Um, you know, and he wants to bring it back somewhere between the million and five there. I haven't heard an exact number. Um, and, but the reason I worry about the step up in basis is solely the fact that if, if I pass away and I leave my home to my, my niece or whatever, she would not have to pay tax on that home because, I, um, she would get a basis or a step up. So not what I paid for it, but what it's worth the day I pass away, which is a great way for generational wealth that they continuously say they want to help people with. That's how it's established home sales. Number one stock sales, number two, but those are, that will be the most concerning. If that doesn't happen and my niece could end up with, I mean, a lot of people, two or $300,000 worth of taxable income because the house will then have to be sold to cover the tax bill. Right. You know, so yeah. And that's a concern. I mean, that's why they eliminated that in the first place, because people were losing family homes and the tax man was having to be paid. So they eliminated that to help compensate for that situation. Now he's talking about going backwards 40 years. Right. And what I don't like on cash, um, what would that how would that be? Cash is fine because assuming that the cash is sitting in a bank or something like that, then there's no real tax on that because it is worth whatever it's worth. It's more wow. the step up in basis things like cars, homes, stocks that, that we now get an advantage on. But cash is fine. I mean, cash doesn't change. So what the proposed deal is, is if I inherit the house, they will step that up to the current value and possibly tax me on that. Right. I mean, I don't know how they're going to know what the value is. I mean, some people in Tennessee here have lived in their homes for 20 or 30 years. I would have no idea what 
you know, they paid for their home when they die or when they purchased it originally. So how do we even get that basis? I mean, you know, right. that's going to be a whole nother nightmare for us tax people, but that's what he's saying. So if I brought this home for a hundred thousand and when I die, it's worth 300,000, then somehow they're going to know I brought it for a hundred and they're going to be taxed on the difference between the purchase price and the sale price. Okay. All right. Very well, frustrating. All right, Mike, thank you very much. All right. Lugivia says we have to take a quick break, so we're going to. And if Steve and Barb can hold through the break, we'll get right back with you with, with the Dr. Friday Show. All righty, we are back here live in studio. I'm Dr. Friday, and this is the Dr. Friday Show. And we are going to head right back to the phone lines because Steve and Barb are awesome to hold through. And Steve, I guess you've been on hold longest, so we'll start with you. Number two. Dr. Friday, thank you for taking my call. Sure. I'm an insurance broker. Uh, I operate as a sole proprietorship. Uh -huh. um, this is my second year in business. Our revenues absolutely exploded in 2020. Uh, we're predicting the same type of growth in 2021. With the uh, tax extension, can I still convert and file as an LLC, and should I do that? Um, answer is no. You have to do it as of the year in which it actually happened. So if you became an LLC, you can't backdate, I guess is what I'm saying. So at this point, you'd have to be a 2021. Um, and to be honest with you, I'm not necessarily for single-member LLCs, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not an attorney, but from the tax standpoint, there is no huge advantage. We run them as Schedule C's on our tax returns as single members. You have the franchise excise, which is basically $100 unless you have rent and some other things, which can cost you. Now, I suppose if there was some sort of lawsuit, there would be a shield between you and your personal assets. But I'm also thinking that most of us carry E&O, general liability, work comp, we're covered pretty good with insurance, period, that would actually have lawyers to represent us. So um, I'd say you may want to talk to a, uh, an attorney just to outdo me. But for tax purposes, there is absolutely no advantage that I can see for a single-member LLC uh, versus a sole proprietorship. Fantastic. I appreciate the answer. Enjoy your day. Thanks, Steve. I appreciate you. All right, Barbara, what's happening, girl? Yes, my question is this. I'm 87 years old. I'm in an assisted living place, mm -hmm. and I have a house for sale, and we believe it will bring about $450,000. Okay. Now, we bought it back in the oh, early 70s, and, of mm -hmm. course, we didn't pay anything near that for it. Now, what, my, what I want to know is this. I have to sell the house to help pay for my expenses where I am. Now, Medicare will pay some of it, but the other part I have to pay. So I want to sell the house. I was hoping to leave it to my children, but that isn't going to happen. So what do I do with the $450,000? We have a, we have a um, trust. Do I pay? What do I do? About taxes. That's perfect. So were you married, Barbara? And I mean, did you have a spouse that lived in that house until he passed away? Or, or what yes. was the situation originally? Yes, yes, I did. Okay. So here's how this works a little bit. It's a little bit easier than what you think. So in theory, what happens was, is that when he passed away, he passed over and the home was owned by both of you, I'm assuming. So his yes. share would have jumped up to be the value of 
$250,000 or half of the house value at that time. So in theory, you might be able to, and again, I don't know what you paid, but back in the 70s, I'm assuming that that house was probably 40, 50,000 maybe. And that's Correct. a guess. Okay. So, um, and so we have a profit of still 400. And if we can get, depending, what year did your, uh, sorry to ask, but roughly when did your spouse pass away? He passed away about two and a half years ago. Oh, okay. Okay. So the house would have had a, a huge influx. So what you need to do is see if you can get someone or maybe one of your family members since you're in assisted living, but, um, you know, you need to get a tax person to help you work out the basis because in theory you have 250,000 that's going to come off the top. That's free money for you. That leaves us with roughly 150,000 or well, let's see, $200,000 and then 50 for the original cost. So we just need to find out what the house was worth back when your, your spouse passed away because half of the value of that home at that time would become your basis as well. So we need to do a little research, get a little details, and then that way we might be able to bring your tax bill down to a minimal and maybe still a little bit of taxable income. But keep in mind, you can earn almost 50000 Are you living off of basically just Social Security, Barb? No, I'm not. I'm living off of my Social Security, which is $200. I mean, uh -huh. yes, I'm not. And my husband's uh, insurance, well, not insurance, but his uh, pay, like you know. Was he, in, was he military pay or just a pension? No, he was not. He worked for the federal government, but okay. he was not. He was in military for four years, but that was right. When he was 18, 19, 20 years old. <laughs> yeah, he served his time. No worries. Um, uh, so bottom line is it sounds like your income is rather low. So some of the profit could be zero tax because you can sell the house and make 30 or 40 and pay zero capital gains on some of that. So someone just needs to help you calculate the taxes so you can make sure you set some aside if necessary, but also make sure that you don't pay too many taxes on this primary home so that money can be put into your account and help you pay for the lifestyle, you know, pay for your, your care at this time. Thank you. So you suggest we see a tax person. Well, I can't go with a family member talk to a tax person or make exactly. an appointment with one. Or exactly. Either have them call me or call somebody that can help you guys work out the numbers so that way when you get ready to file next year, you will have to file a tax return to show the home sale, but hopefully have the numbers worked out so that you're, you know, whatever you might owe, you have the money set aside for, but hopefully reduce that down to a minimal amount of tax. And the minimum would be approximately what? Well, I mean, based <laughs> on what I'm looking at, you may owe taxes on, on $50,000. So you're looking at 15% okay. of that. And All that's right. just a rough estimate from the numbers you're giving me. All right. I thank you so much for your information. I love no your show. Thank, thank you, you, dear. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. All right, Eddie, what's happening, Eddie? Hello, Dr. Friday. How are hey, you? Bud. I'm hey, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm trying to find out. My mother has uh, put mine and my sister's name on a quick claim years and years oh, and years man. ago. Okay. I don't know. I heard you mention one time, and I tried to get hold of you last weekend. But anyway, mm -hmm. what, what, what do we need to do? What's, so is your mom still alive? Yep, still living in the home. And uh, I just didn't know, you know. I mean, my opinion would be is to reverse the quick claim while she's still alive. She, uh, because it will still be better for you guys to inherit that home, 
uh, through true inheritance. Because when most people do a quick claim, they don't quick claim it at the value at the time. They just put a dollar on there, which means there's no basis for the people that really get it. I know why they do it, but yeah. for tax purposes, and there's other legal ways that she could do it if she's worried you know, about you guys, sometimes there's his, yours, ours, and, you know, they just want to make sure, but whatever the reason, I would actually really talk to an attorney and see if that can't be reversed. And then that way, when you inherit the house, um, you know, you guys don't end up with a tax situation, which is not what mom wanted in the first place. She was just trying to protect you guys. Is that something you guys do at your office or just find a tax attorney? Yeah, I would actually have Russ Cook or Jack McCann. That's the two attorneys I work with all the time. They're both awesome in the Nashville. Uh, one's in Britain, one's in Nashville. Um, or an attorney that knows about quick claims. It probably doesn't have to be sure. a specialist. But no, I don't do that part of it, Eddie. Okay. okay. All right. Great. All Thank right. you for your help. Thank you, babe. Okay. Bye. All right, guys, we're going to take our last break here. And if you want to join the show, you will have a few minutes when we get back. 615-737-9986. And we'll be right back. All righty, we are back here live in studio for the next, oh, eight minutes or so. So if you've got a call or a question and you want to ask it, you can at 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986, taking your calls, talking about my absolute favorite subject, which I know not everybody loves taxes like Dr. Friday does, but you know, we have to know what the taxes are so we know how not to pay too much in taxes. Um, and sometimes we need to know what the taxes are so we know what to prepare to pay in taxes. I think one of the hardest part of taxes that I'm running into this year is quite a few people have sold real estate, not their primary home, but sold their um, rental real estate, which does require a bit more information because keep in mind, you have two taxes due um, when you sell rental real estate because you have recapture of depreciation taxed at ordinary income rates. And then you have capital gains based on gains of the sale of that real estate. Both of them are going to be due you could actually lose money on a capital gain sale and still owe money due to the recapture. So you do want to make sure you have all of that information when the time comes and make sure you understand what's happening and where we're at and, and how we're going to, you know, how you're going to come up with the money and not respend it. Because a lot of people think, well, if I just reinvested in the real estate, I won't owe any taxes. It's not quite the same thing. There is a 1031 exchange, but that is not the exact same thing. All right, let's hit number three before you go to line one. Thanks, Betty. Um, hey, Steve, what's happening? Hello. Uh, did I did I understand you to say that? Uh, well, first of all, I don't file taxes because uh, I'm retired and you know I don't have that much income. But mm -hmm. did I understand you to say that to get this last stimulus that you had to file uh, a tax form? No, what I said was to get the first two stimulus, you now have to file a tax return to okay. qualify. If you miss those two, the third one right now is in the year of 2021, and that one. All right, the second is still being distributed. I don't know what they're going to do for the individuals that um, don't receive it, but I'm assuming, Steve, have you received the other two? Yes, I have. The, uh, okay. the second one was really, really quick. It was just bam, it was there. 
Right. And so I will tell people, if you receive the first and the second one, as long as nothing has changed, either the same bank or the same mailing address, just be patient. The third one will be coming your direction. They, they basically did a lot of the direct deposits. And then if they got bounced back for some reason, then they went to the next side. Um, you know, but that's how it works. Okay. May I ask another real quick question? Yeah, go ahead. My daughter as far as I know, and I don't think she's lying to me, she has not received any, any at all. She's really sick. I mean, you know, diabetes and this and that. She don't work. She's disabled. But what, what can a person do in, in that situation? In that case, she does need to file a, a tax return. All she do is a regular tax return. I would suggest trying to do it online if possible. And then um, she can file line 30, which would be $1,800. She'll get that refund, and then that will put her back in line for the other. I mean, I don't know why she's not getting it, but that will be the best way to receive it. Thank you very much. Thanks. All right, let's, yeah, let's hit number five. Will, what's happening? Uh, this is our day. Uh, listen to you for a long time. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, my question about the American Opportunity Tax uh, Tax Credit, the AOTC. Uh-huh. For college. And uh, my, situ- my situation is uh, my wife, uh, she she's in school right now. And I know to get this credit, you, you don't have to uh, have a four-year you have to have a form 1098T. Right. And here, she has a bachelor degree, but overseas, is not from here. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. And when I dig a little bit, I see this post-secondary education is determined by eligible education institution. I check uh, on the list, and her college is not in this list as an overseas college. So mm-hmm. what do, what's your recommendation, Dr. Friday? Then she's probably not going to have an accredited, it's not going to be allowed. So unless the college can provide us a 1098T as in Tom, she won't qualify for the credit. doesn't mean that she doesn't mm-hmm. have a good education and that she won't qualify for the degree, but it won't fall onto the tax credits for the tax return. Yeah, her college over here is give her already a 1098. Uh-huh. But the one overseas okay. won't, and it's not accredited according to the United States. So the what, whatever she did over there is not going to comply. You won't. She can't use it. She can't so claim it. She, uh, for the tax purpose, she 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 doesn't have a four years post secondary education, right? Right. She will not have a four years degree here, so she will be using the American Opportunity Credit, not taking uh, the lifetime credit. Oh, so she she will not she will not uh, take the LLT. She will be eligible for the OOTC, right? Yes, yeah, she would. Yes, because she doesn't have an accredited four year degree in the United States. Okay, uh, sounds great. Thanks okay. for taking my call All right. again. And Thanks, buddy. Okay, let's do uh, next one. Number yeah, Mark. What's happening, Mark? Yes, Doctor Friday. Hey, look, uh, real quickly. I own property in the state of Virginia, which I have hired uh, two separate individuals to find out both of them were not actually licensed in the state of Virginia to do work. They are rip-offs, scam artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have taken several different families for thousands of dollars within a period of two years. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, one of them's actually ripped me off by about three or four thousand. I know neither one files income tax, mm-hmm. and I was wondering how I can go about reporting these jokers because they both have been charged by the uh, Commonwealth attorneys, went to court. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, they get off with nothing hardly. Ninety yeah. days. Not much you can do, unfortunately, Mark. The IRS does have a um, a line that you can uh, do, but normally, to be quite honest, something like that, you'd have to have a lot more information on them, you know, I mean, to know a lot about them. If the state can't do anything, I doubt the feds can do anything oh, on it. State, it's not the state can't do anything. It's the state is well, not spanking their butts way or two. Like, I mean, yeah. they've been they're not charging them with enough people. fines or penalties to make them stop doing what they're doing. Well, the thing is, they're not paying none of that. They've been ordered to pay restitution back to some of the people yeah. they've written off. And, and then the state turns around and nollies a couple of cases against them. And I'm mm-hmm. not, you know, and the nollies where the Commonwealth turn decides he ain't going to prosecute. I'm like, yeah. really? All right, uh, guy. I, um, I don't have an answer on that one real quick. Let's see if we hit four, number four, really quick. Yes, sir. Hey, Alan, what's happening? Uh, well... I'll tell you my situation. We went to file taxes. We've been uh, using uh, the H&R Block online service. Uh, uh-huh. We uh, we filed this year, and we kept getting kicked out every time we would file. So my wife mm-hmm. actually got online, went to the IRS website. It showed that we actually made zero income. Of course, we was putting the income we actually made last year sure. on our return this year because they asked for it. And, right. it, and the IRS showed that we made zero income last year, so right. she put zero income on it. It accepted her taxes. Well, Perfect. it's been almost 40 days now, and we've not got any kind of confirmation on uh, a uh, process in our taxes or a return date. Or, or yeah. Anything so like you're looking on. Pres- you looked online, and there's nothing in there. But keep in mind, if you haven't filed currently, if you haven't filed all the other years, and you're maybe holding your money until you actually finish filing the back taxes. I don't know this for a fact, but go ahead. We're gonna have to hang up on Alan real quick because we're like 10 seconds away from the break, um, Alan. But I would say go to irs.gov, click on where's your return. If it says that they're still working on it, most likely that means that you need to file other years. But I'm sorry, I had to make that so quick because we. In a few minutes. Hope you guys have an awesome Saturday. If you want to reach me after the show, 615-367-0819. Monday morning, someone will be there. Cop you later.